part of a huge part of the work that I do is helping women really slow down enough to really discover what it is that they truly deeply desire. And that's a kind of a process in and of itself, but again that that desire lives in the body and when we put our attention there, we put our presence there, there's a reunification that happens. And the body says, "Oh, you're home. You're here. I feel you. I see you. Okay. Let's do this." This is the podcast Creative at the Wheel and I'm Julie Claire. As a transformational life coach and creativity guide, my life's work is helping people reshape their lives from the inside out. Here, I have deep dive conversations with luminaries who share about their own transformational journeys and how they became soul-sourced and creatively juiced. May their stories uplift and embolden all of us. Let's jump in. Today, my guest is Jill Ashley Hoffman. Jill is a healing artist and transformational coach supporting women on their healing journey through her Unlock Your Radiance retreats and mastery coaching program. She helps women discover their own inner healer so they can reunite with their bodies and glow, be really healthy from the inside out. In 2021, Jill was diagnosed with adrenal fatigue and hypothyroidism. And after making big changes in her life, researching nutrition, attending health coaching school, all kinds of things, she still felt uh, frustrated, not healing in the way she had intended. And it was when she began to do the deeper work of shifting core thoughts, beliefs, and ways of being that she realized that the way she had been trying to heal herself was the same energy that had made her sick. She discovered, she discovered her body was craving a more gentle, compassionate, and feminine approach. And as she learned to love herself first, she began experiencing the healing she really needed. Um, today, we get to talk through this journey, and I, I recently met Jill, and I was so captivated by what she had been through personally, and she was, how she was able to bring that to help others. I wanted, her, I wanted her on the podcast, so here we go. Welcome in, Jill. Thank you. Hi, Julie. So Hi. good to be here. Absolutely. First off, tell me where you're coming from. Where are you sitting? Where's your location? I'm, yeah, I'm sitting in Brooklyn, New York right now. And if I asked you just to start now that you are where you are, what to you does the word healing mean? Because we're going to be going into all things healing, I think here mm. and the body, right? What would you, how would you start us off? Yeah, beautiful question. Um, so for me, healing is, is, is a reunification. It's um, reunification with one's core self, the self that is uh, innately, you know, a self healer, um, the parts of ourself, the, the core self that is, you know, light and it's the truth of who we are. It's reuniting with the truth of who we are in a core level. That's really like the essence of what I think healing is. And it's really becoming, uh, restoring that wholeness within us all. Um, I think that you know, we live in a culture that doesn't really support that. It, it's, it doesn't really support us to thrive in the ways that we are meant to thrive and we are capable of thriving. And so, you know, for me, my healing journey, um, what I thought was healing at the beginning, you know, I thought was very different. I, I actually 
astuted it more to uh, fixing, you know, fixing myself. Like I was something that was broken. And so that, that has changed quite significantly as I've been on my journey, as you, as you shared, but in essence, what I, what I discovered was that healing is around, is about reuniting with oneself and really rediscovering and remembering the truth of who you are and seeing the beauty within yourself and learning to love yourself. That's um, that beautiful. Is- We're going to go into that fixing versus healing. It's a beautiful distinction. Um, but I, I get a sense already just listening to you, who you are now. We're going to go into that. But who were you when this healing broke down? Like what, what, mm. what got this all started for you? What, who were you? Were you a, give us a sense of Jill, mm-hmm. Jill before the healing was needed or what, what, <laughs> what, what got you into the, I think you believe you, you had a kind of a, a physical stopping yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like, you know, a lot of people, we, we, it usually starts with their own journeys. And so I actually was, it was in my, I was in my early thirties and, um, I had already done, uh, work in terms of like, I had struggled with eating disorders and lots of issues with food, uh, since I was a teenager and it was pretty challenging, you know, those years and then going through college. And then finally, like in my mid to late twenties, I was like, okay, like this is, this is not working for me. And I, and I had done some work, um, in helping to sort of heal that. And so by the time I hit my mid thirties, I, I sort of felt like I had things figured out, you know, and I, I, I had discovered this whole concept of, food is medicine. And I became fascinated about that. Um, my background was actually in graphic design. So I came from a, a, a design background. I wasn't doing what I do now at the time. And, uh, but I always had this sort of interest and passion around food and food as medicine and holistic healing, even though I didn't really know what that was at the time. And so in, by the time I hit my early thirties, I was like a lot of other people, my age, I was you know, grinding it out. I lived in New York city and I had was, you know, younger and I was, you know, burning the midnight, midnight oil, so to speak, working late hours, getting up really early, forcing myself to go to the gym. Cause I was still, you know, even though I had done a lot of work on myself, I still was like, Oh, you have to, you, you got to work out to be healthy. And I had all these rules And so by the time my body, I didn't realize was sort of slowly sort of getting taken out. It was slowly starting to weaken, weaken. And I started to experience some um, somewhat mild symptoms at the beginning that didn't really alarm me too much. You know, I was tired. I um, was having digestive issues, although I actually had struggled with digestive issues for most of my life, but I didn't really know it because it was, had become kind of my normal Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I was just, I I was tired. I had brain fog. I had all these kind of minor things that didn't seem like a big deal, but eventually what ended up happening was, um, I ended up my, my menstrual cycle just stopped out of nowhere, you know, and I was still pretty young. So I decided to go to the doctor and I was diagnosed with, um, hypothyroidism and adrenal fatigue. And I was like, what, what is that? You know, I, this is, I don't, I didn't even know what that meant. I started to do some research. Um, and, you know, unfortunately my doctor at that time really didn't 
couldn't offer me much else than a pill to take. And I, I knew that that wasn't the solution. I knew that there was more. So I took it upon myself to start really researching. Um, I got really interested in learning how to heal the body. I discovered holistic uh, health coaching. I discovered um, what's called the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And I thought, okay, well, maybe this will be a great way for me to heal myself, like to really learn all the things about, you know, uh, the adrenals and hormones and all these things I felt like I needed to do to heal my body. My body was broken. I had to fix it. So this was the fixing energy I was coming I, from. I get, hey, hey, were you still doing graphic design at that point? I was, I was still, so I hadn't, I, I was still doing graphic design. I wasn't thinking it was going to be like a career thing. You know, I just, I thought, well, I just kind of want to learn how to heal myself. And once I started the program and I, I got so immersed in what I was learning, I, I became, I, I knew very soon that this was something I was meant to do for help others. So I, um, as I was going through this program and I was starting to heal myself, I started to consider, you know, what it would be like to work with clients and start a business. And, um, actually I already had a business. I was working as a, I had a graphic design business at the time, small, you know, little business. And, um, so I was kind of doing a lot still and also trying to heal my body and, what ended up happening was, um, you know, I was going down this path and for, for a couple of years. And, um, even though I, I kind of was things were, some things were improving. I was making some changes. I was learning how to meditate. I was, um, doing all these things that I yoga, things I had never really done before. Very yin, what we call yin types of things. I was always in that sort of more masculine you know, I was a runner, you know, I, I was like, push, 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 push my body, push my body. And I realized like, I wasn't really getting the results that I wanted. You know, I, I thought, well, I'm doing, I thought I was doing everything right. I thought I was, um, eating well, I would change my diet. I was, you know, learning how to sleep a little bit better. I was meditating. I was doing all these things, but I didn't, I wasn't getting the results that I thought I was getting. And I was getting more angry and more frustrated at myself and my body, almost as feeling like my body had betrayed me. And I think a lot, uh, of, pe think a lot of people can relate to that, you know, this trying mm -hmm. and trying to fix and, and do the right things. Right. I mean, you know, uh, and yeah. it's a smart, right. We think you're getting, you're going into it. You're learning. You want to do something different. Um, but I hear yeah. it and I know that, that your path, that this is where something else happens. Where did this lead you? Yeah. So eventually I, I wanted to, um, you know, I started actually working with people. I started helping other people to, uh, on their health because they, I started sharing my journey. And so I started working with people and they were, most of them were doing really well as well. So. I thought, okay, well, something's, yeah, something's working, right? Like I'm not, this is, this is working, but there was, for me, I got to a point where I knew that I had to go deeper. And so I came across this um, program. It was a transformational, transformational coaching program. And this is where I was sort of dove deep into sort of the energetic and deeper things that were kind of underlying my health conditions that I was not aware of. And it really forced me to 
um, look at the ways that I was being versus what I was doing and the ways that I was being in terms of my relationship to myself, my relationship to my body, this very masculine approach, this very harsh and, um, with a lot of judgment too, you know, I, I, I think a lot of women can probably relate to the fact that most of us aren't taught to really honor our bodies and really honor ourselves. We're, we're kind of taught to think that our, there's something wrong with our bodies. And we're always trying to find a way to fix this. This is, this comes from programming and, you know, media and sometimes our, our families of origin that just kind of pass down those those um, narratives. And so we get them ingrained within ourselves and it's kind of unconscious. We don't always know that that's what's going on. So I discovered that that was what was happening for me. And I realized that that was, that was not working. My body was like done. You know, my body was like, stop beating me up. You know, God, do you remember what some of those judgments that had gone a little bit unseen because you'd been getting better and feeling better, but not all the way. What do you remember what some of that inner talk was like? Oh, well, yeah, it was like, oh, well, you're still, you're, you're still too fat. You know, like the, the like I, I struggled with my weight most of my life and um, on and off and just had issues with my weight. So especially when I was working with clients and also trying to heal myself, I had that part of me that was like, well, you, how can you help others when you're still, you know, haven't lost all the weight from your, you know, from this and, or, or, um, you know, the judgment of why can't you just like be like, why can't you just like work, you know, why can't you have the energy, right? Because there was a point where I was so tired that I could barely get out of bed. I mean, there were days where I'd wake up and I felt like I couldn't move. Um, it was really challenging to just get out of bed. And so I was criticizing myself because I, I'm like, you're young, you know, you're, you shouldn't be like this. And so it was a lot of shooting. <laughs> shooting yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And do you think um, at that point, um, Jill, do you think people around you saw that or would they have said you had already kind of healed yourself? I mean, how, how visible do oh, you think those behaviors were on the outside to people that knew you? That's a really good question. So I, I, I'm really good at keeping things inside. That was, um, a strategy that I learned very, very young. So, you know, as we peel back the layers in our healing, we start to kind of go backwards into our early childhood and, and, you know, I won't go into that, but really I, what I, to answer your question is probably not because I was really good at, uh, suppressing, uh, emotions, suppressing things that were, um, memories, things that had, you know, um, affected me at a very young age. And then because of the suppression, when we don't honor the parts of ourselves that we suppress, they tend to, they don't just go away. We suppress them and they tend to take home in our bodies. You know, they tend to um, find places and they tend to um, manifest into health challenges. Right. And this is also what I was learning. So I had to, I had to face those things. I had to Do look at things. Do you but think, I, what was the, what was the primary energy that was there because of those experiences? Was it about being strong? You know, what was it? What was the, 
What what was yeah. there? Yeah. What what was the message? What, how are you carrying through so that you you had found a way, right? As a young person, you know, through these early experiences, you'd found a way to be that allowed you to do things and mm-hmm. get what you needed, right? And that's how I see this: is that we're brilliant to smart people and how we get through, but then things are falling apart. What what were those qualities that were there that maybe people didn't see as anything negative or anything you would have to heal um, because you were good at um, mm. hiding that? What, what do you think those were that might have looked like strengths that weren't actually, absolutely. or maybe were strengths but weren't serving that way anymore? Yeah, right, absolutely. Because everything has a, serves us in some way, um, and you know the the strategies that I came up with to protect myself and to really like. I mean, to answer your question, it was like not feeling good enough, you know, just, just, um, the self-worth piece. And, um, you know, I was funny, I was having this conversation yesterday with a circle of women and, and we were just saying how it's, 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 um, it's, it's everywhere. I think, you know, so many people, um, get this message that there's a part of us that's not, not good enough or broken. And so, you know, that, that's, that can show up in our, in our physical bodies. And so what we also, what we do is we come up with strategies to um, whether it could be, you know, working really hard, right. Pushing ourselves to the limit so that we're always like a step ahead. You know, we're always a step ahead of, of other people so that we can always feel like we're doing enough, right. That we're enough. Um, And that can be in work that can be in relationship to, uh, in, in our relationships, always, you know, doing more, always giving more men, uh, women tend to be, um, the givers, you know, tend to tend to give a lot in relationships, um, which is not a bad thing, but again, it, it really goes back to the energy. And this is what I, what I really want to kind of solidify here. It's, it's less about what you're doing. And it's more about how you're doing it. So the energy um, that you're that when we're when we're when we do anything really, but especially when it comes to our relationships to our health and our bodies or anybody else, it's like, are we coming from a place of um, sort of desire and love, or are we coming from a place of scarcity and fear? They're very different. They are. When you look back at that time when you were and you had signed up for the transformational coaching or you started really going after these core beliefs and going deeper into this, mm-hmm. what is it that that had to really did you have to look at mm-hmm. the most? Mm-hmm. What what mm-hmm. yeah, what was there for you? Um I hear so, the good enough and the and that, mm-hmm. but yeah, what was there? What what did you notice that probably seemed like a good thing and a strength that you realize is really covering for this. Not enough. Like what specifically? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so not to go deep into, but I, I, so I'm a transracial adoptee and, um, which basically means that I was born into a family and I was brought up in another family, mm-hmm. um, cross cultural, cross cultural, cross race. And mm-hmm. this was, um, something that I had never really confronted before and healed. Um, and so what I discovered that a lot of my 
ways of being were had to do with um, the suppression that I had around this aspect of myself that I was actually deeply ashamed of. And, um, uh, and, and there was some unhealed trauma that, um, that I hadn't addressed. And so, you know, going deeper into some of those things that we don't give ourselves permission, you know, or, or no one else has given us permission. And so we, we don't do it. We don't, we don't look at those things. So that was one thing. Um, there are a would few you, things. Would, and would you say that was, was it shame? Yeah. I, shame. I mean, I know I'm saying that only because shame has definitely been a role in my healing. And I've spoken mm-hmm. to that before that, and mm-hmm. how many people I work with who are asking to show up differently, uh, come to realize that there was at some level, they're, they're probably partly also working with shame. <laughs> Just, yeah, that's why I'm asking. Just curious. Yeah. Shame for sure. Shame comes up. Shame is, uh, I think probably the, the lowest energy frequency that you can resonate at. Um, there's a scale actually. Um, but shame is, is, is down there, right? Because it's self, it's self-deprecating. And so when we, you know, for me, that, that shame was so heavy that there was no way that I, um, could, could find the love within myself, even though it was always there. Like it, you know, I think we all have that within us inherently, um, the shame was overriding, was overpowering that. And so it took, it took facing the shame to really be able to get to the love. That's beautiful. And did you have, what was the support like as you were going through that? Did, how did you, how mm-hmm. did you get through that period? Um, cause you were already seeing people, you are yeah. helping them with their health because you've done all this work, you've done all this research, investigation, your own process, right? And now you're going deeper. Did you have to take time off or were you able to? Um, I, I, you know, I was lucky because I had a lot of support. Um, I had, I was like, I was even just going through this program for first of all was, was sort of the, the, the start of it all, right? That was kind of like, you know, um, chipping away, starting to chip away at it. And there was, I had a lot of support in this program, in this coaching program, it was a year long program. And, um, and then I started seeking out, uh, therapists, you know, um, therapists that, that were informed, trauma informed, and, um, that could support me that I could trust and learn to trust people. So I had therapists, I had coaches, I had mentors, um, I had healers, I had many different types of people. I, I, I'm so grateful for all the support, um, over the, over the years that has helped me, you know, basically come home to myself, come Mm. home to myself and rediscover who I am and, um, and learn to love who I am, all the parts of myself, because at the end of the day, that to me is what heals. It's, it's, it's the, the love, you know, the, the finding the love within yourself, the self unconditional love right now in the present moment is the, is the catalyst for whatever healing that you're looking that whatever way you want to heal. I think it really does start there. Um, and, and so that's how, for, how yeah. important, you know, you mentioned I'm with you and you speak it beautifully and I can't wait to hear more about how you're working with people. But um, before we go, I'm just, you know, you mentioned trauma. Mm-hmm. How important do you think it was that the people that were supporting you knew how to work with trauma or how big of a deal was it that you realized that, wow, you actually, this, the word trauma related to you? 
Mm. Um, I think it's a huge deal. I think um, working with if working with someone who was trauma informed. I, I first of all, I I, th- I think I think all of us. Uh, some people don't resonate with with having experienced trauma or early childhood mm-hmm. trauma. Most of us think of trauma as something like this big, huge. Um, they call it like big T trauma, right? Like um, you get into a car accident or something like that, something that is really traumatic and sudden like that. But trauma can also be um, more subtle. And, but when we're children, we, it, it affects us very differently. So trauma can show up in many different ways. And I think most of us, no one's had perfect childhood. I mean, that's, um, you know, even with the best of uh, uh, right, right parents and and with the best intentions. And I think everyone is doing the best that they can, but even then it's like, it's hard to, most people don't get all of their needs met. So, so to say is like, we all have these, some ways of being that are not necessarily in alignment with who we really are based on experiences that we've had um, as children. And so um, I think it's really important because I, you know, I have worked with, um, people who aren't so trauma informed and usually those approaches don't really stick because it's more about the, the action. It's more about that masculine approach. It's more about the, the fixing or it's, it's sort of a lot of talking, but not really, um, not really, not really focusing on getting to the, the, the root of it because trauma actually lives in the body. It affects our brains, but it affects our bodies. It's all connected. And so if, um, if we're not looking at that aspect of it, of how the body is, um, is holding onto trauma, then it's, it's going to be tougher to to work with. And, you know, when I hear the word trauma for me, I, I asked that question because I think when I realized, you know, I hadn't used the word trauma, but I had been burned when I was a young child, pretty bad. Mm. <clears throat> and when I, I, when I come to that word and I come to that, when something starts showing up and there's a pattern, I realize it's coming from there. I have a, a much more compassionate response available mm-hmm. than if I just think I'm being overly sensitive you know, or, and so for me, knowing the word trauma, not to be overly dramatic, but to actually get, there is that big of a disruption of -hmm. some kind of wholeness that really does need tenderness. Uh, I, I, that's hard for me. I think, I think that, that knowing that trauma lives in me in that way is very helpful because I can, for some reason, it gives me the immediate ability to respond. So um, mm-hmm. that's why I was asking with you. Um, I see. Be- yeah. So that, um, because like you said, it's about how you're showing up, right? It's not so yeah. much in the doing and the fixing and, but it's, it's that being And what just the qualities of being, what were the qualities of being that really showed up for you in that time, especially with trauma-informed people that gave you the room or gave you something that helped you make that shift? Yeah. So I think one of the key things that I think is so uh, undervalued is presence. Uh, just pre- like just having someone provide presence and space 
is one of the most, it's one of the greatest gifts that you can give everyone, anyone, right? Is to give someone your full attention, to give them your full presence. Um, and so that's something that's, that's like a hot commodity these days because everyone's so distracted. You know, we're all like, you know, like squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. Like it's, we're, we're kind of <laughs> a little ADD and I, I'm this, you know, I can be the same way, you know, with all, all the, the things that we got to do. And so learning how to slow down and, and having someone who could slow down with me. And at the beginning, it was having someone who could help slow me down, right? Really slow me down and to help me to, to be present with me, but also help me be present to myself. So it's a little uncomfortable at the beginning when we're not used to, to, to being that way, you know, to being still, to being present with our own thoughts, our own feelings, really being present to physically what's happening in your body. Um, that's, that's a way that we come home because when we are present in our bodies, it's like, it's like if we're, if no one's home in the house, there's more likely that someone's going to come in and something bad's going to happen. Right. Or like you might get robbed or there might, you know, someone come into the house. If you're not there, if you're not present, if you're not watching over your home, it's the same thing with your body. If you're not present to your body, and you're not knowing, you know, on, you're not connecting, right? Yeah. Um, then there's, there's a better chance that like outside invaders can come in. This is where, you know, on the physical level, we can experience illness, you know, um, our and immune what, systems gets compromised. And, and mm. in that presence, I love how you speak to that. Um, I'm with you hundred percent. The what is what did you find in your relationship to pleasure? I'm curious if that was part of the shift because I know you speak to some of that on your website in mm. terms of how you lead people. But I know for me, I'm I'm very interested in the role of pleasure and or even desire. Um, that's mm-hmm. not coming from, you know, commercialism or ego, uh, you know, the list of things to buy, but really pleasure and desire. What how how was that involved in this this process for you of the healing? Yeah. Thank you for asking. This is um, a really part of my work that I'm really passionate about because it's something that I'm um, consciously, you know, integrating and, and into my, with myself every single day. And so I'm trying to see how to, how to best share this. So I find that especially for women, we've, we've suppressed so much of our feminine, our feminine essence. You know, we've like, like I said, for myself, I was way more in the masculine, which was more about the doing and the getting things done. And the feminine is more about receiving. The feminine is more about being in touch with um, the, your natural create creative sort of um, power within ourselves to create to create what we want, to create desires, to create, to create anything really to create pleasure. And so I found for myself and also as a, as a pattern with uh, women that I work with is that oftentimes we don't know really what we want. We think we know what we want, you know, based on what we've been conditioned to think we should, should do right. Everything from getting married to how many kids to what career we choose. But a lot of times we go down a path because we're, 
not from a place of desire from where we, what we truly, truly feel called towards versus what we think we should do. So there's a distinguishing between a want and a desire. Mm. I, I distinguish that. Okay. Um, a want is more in, in the head and a desire is more comes from the body, the heart. And part of a huge part of the work that I do is helping women really slow down enough to really discover what it is that they truly deeply desire. And that's a kind of a process in and of itself. But again, that, that desire lives in the body. And when we put our attention there, we put our presence there, there's a reunification that happens and the body says, Oh, you're home. You're here. I feel you. I see you. Okay. Let's do this. You know, this is all kind of, you know, sounds kind of uh, energetic and esoteric kind of woo woo ish maybe, but everything starts with energy. I mean, that's kind of the other foundation that I I'm speaking to, but not really, is that everything starts energy. Every energy is is the foundation of everything. So I'm looking at things from an energetic standpoint first. Desire being the foundational energy that that creates that that creates worlds, right? That the 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 feminine can use to create. Now, pleasure is 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 our birthright. The pleasure I also see as like a um a tool for women to, to expand their ability to receive. Right. And I said that receiving is, is, um, a feminine, right. It's, Mm -hmm. it's the feminine, uh, what the feminine is born to do is to receive, receive, receive. And we have a hard time receiving, you know, we're good givers. (laughs) We're good givers. Um, and so practicing pleasure practicing sort of tuning in and connecting with what lights you up. That is, that is healing energy. Pleasure is healing energy. It actually has been scientifically it. uh, When we, when women experience pleasure for a certain period of time, they will actually have neurotransmitters and hormones that that's, you know, the, the positive ones, the oxytocin, the, um, the dopamine, the, the positive, neurotransmitters, home hormones that make us feel good. And, and that actually create relaxation and healing in the body. It puts your body into a healing state, sort of like rest and digest state, as we say in, in the sciencey world. So there's this, you know, nice little way that, that pleasure doesn't become this like nice to have it, it, it. For me, it's like, it's, it's a necessity. Like women need to reconnect with their pleasure. Jill, was that speaking of this to me is very powerful. Do you feel like in terms of the core shift that you made, you know, you'd made lots of changes. How much was that, that really freed your body up to go, to go all the way with the healing had to do with pleasure and desire? Mm. How big of a role has that played in your personal life? Would you say, I hear you said it's daily. So (laughs) give us a little (laughs) more sense of, yeah, what does that look like for you? Pleasure and desire. And, and its role in your own continual healing or being. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a, it's a practice for sure. It's a practice of, for me, it's a daily practice. What do I, what do I want? What do I, or what do I desire? I don't usually like to use the word want, but I like to use the word desire. What do I truly desire? It's a practice. It's been a practice for me, a daily practice um, where 
almost as an intentional, like every moment by moment, I'm sort of checking in with myself. What do, what do I desire in this situation? Right. Um, because a lot of times, like, and this is, this comes back to kind of, well, we didn't really speak too much about intention, but what I, what I do teach also is the power of intention. So when mm-hmm. we're true with our intentions and our intentions line up with our desires, there is, um, you know, it, it, it's part of that process of or that reunification where things are coming into alignment with our body, mind, soul, which, which is what creates that healing. And so when our actions line up with our desires, there is, um, there's, there's just more synchronicity. There's, there's things start to, things start to line up now, pleasure, you know, they, they, they cross over for sure. Pleasure for me is, um, you know, there's lots of different practices that I've incorporated, but on the foundational level, it's getting really clear what brings me pleasure, right? Like what, you know, putting, laying in the sun, right. For 20 minutes brings me pleasure. Hmm. Um, buying myself fresh flowers for no reason at all brings me pleasure. Right. And these are things that sometimes people would say, Oh, I don't have time for that. Or that's, that's silly. That's a waste of money, but there's value in that. Finding the pleasure in my body, how to experience my body in a pleasurable way. So going from where I was before to really being numb to my body, um, not experiencing the type of intimacy that I, that I thought I could, or that I wanted, right. I was kind of settling because I wasn't in charge of my own pleasure in my body. Um, and learning how to learning how to find pleasure in my body because through, and that started with really loving myself. Right. So it, it was a process. Um, but really on a day-to-day basis, it's like, how can I make this experience more pleasurable? Mm, what any a way. Ex- yes. What a way experience. to have that. Any experience. And, any experience. And I, I thought it was also be when you said uh, marrying or putting intention, um, but lining up with desires, right? Mm-hmm. How does that, yeah. how does that work even um, with you and your business? Let's take us, take us into what it is that you are desiring with your work or what brings you pleasure in your work and what you're offering because intention is very powerful. Um, mm-hmm. And I know, because I know you offer these retreats for women um, and I know that's very potent and current now that we're meeting in, in person, starting to meet in person again um, and these coaching programs, how do you bring that into that and how is that connected to your own pleasure and desire? Oh yeah. Such a great question. Thank you for that. Um, well, the retreats actually a perfect example because I was, I wasn't planning, I wasn't really planning on doing a retreat this year, or I wasn't sure when that was going to happen. Um, I knew I wanted to, but honestly, I was kind of scared. <laughs> I was yeah. a little nervous. I had, you know, it's been two years. I did actually uh, try to do a retreat during the pandemic and that didn't work out and in person. So I kind of felt like, well, maybe it's, it's, we're not, not time yet. It's not ready. But then when I, when I checked in with myself and what did I really desire? I was so craving being in person in in a, in a person space, you know, creating, creating that healing space in person experience. 
And so I had to kind of let all of the logic and fears and doubts and like all the, you know, the voices in my head that were telling me, no, it's not going to work, blah, blah, blah. No one will come. All of the doubts. I had to kind of push that down and allow my, my true desire to come through and let that lead the way. So desire is often, you know, it's, it's, it can be your intuition, your intuitive knowing that doesn't always make sense, but that we learn to trust. So that's kind of how the re- this retreat came about. So I I said, you know what, this is, and then I, I knew right away, because as soon as I made the decision, I got super excited. I was like, oh my God, I'm leading a retreat. I started telling everybody. Um, and I was feeling lit up. That was, that's how I know that I'm on the right track is how am I feeling? Am I feeling lit up or am I feeling like heavy, right? Does this decision light me up? Does it, does it? give me goosebumps? Does it give me, you know, excitement or does it make me feel kind of heavy and like, Oh, this is going to be hard or something like, you know, some version of that. Um, so that's, that's, that's how the retreat came about. I, I might kind of forget what your question was, but I hope that answered. Well, it. no, that's beautiful. Cause I was wondering, um, I think there's a lot to that. Um, noticing if something lights you up, let me just take a quick question here. Do you think COVID has helped you really identify more that energy, really making that distinction between heaviness and lighting you up? Cause I feel it after these last two years, maybe it's just what I've been going through, but it, it's much more obvious to me when I'm doing something that I think I should, or there's a heaviness or, a. Uh, there's not a lightness versus something that make, Oh, this is, I would really like to do that. How's that? Show? I'm just curious. Can you get a sense of the, how the pandemic may uh, mm. change yeah. how showing up for you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say, yeah, I think a little bit. I mean, I, I think I, I, I had to, I kind of went a little bit like in hibernation, like a lot of us did, I guess, right. During the pandemic, um, you know, I think that because of that and because of, you know, we had this, a lot of us, not all of us, but a lot of us had this opportunity to really slow down even more and, and slow down depending on where you are and, and slow down and really look at things um, more deeply. And for me during COVID was a, was a healing time for sure. So I would say coming out of it, I definitely feel more connected to my truth in terms of, you know, my values and what I stand for. So that, that has shifted a little bit, a little bit more, um, feeling a little bit more grounded in that, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. So I think everyone's had a different experience, but for sure. I know, I know a lot of my friends are teachers and I know it only got more intense and, um, but I, I'm with you. I I hear that, um, your values, what you really care about stronger than ever here. You Mm -hmm. are, you're going into these retreats. You're going to go into one. Tell us what, what are you, what kind of space are you giving to people? Give us a little, a sense of the retreat. Yeah. So, um, it is a three-day, three-night retreat in upstate New York, and it's it's really about really gathering a small group of women. It'll be very intimate um, into a space to help them restore and replenish their their bodies, their nervous systems, and using uh, 
nature as a, as a healing tool to really help them synchronize, resynchronize with their, their bodies. And also there's this other piece of, uh, we'll, we'll be diving into helping them, um, helping women reconnect with their bodies through their unique medicine. So I actually have a, a tool on my website. It's a, it's a, an assessment. It's a free assessment anyone can take. And when you take the assessment, it, it just kind of guides you a little bit into when I'm, what I have, uh, like five pillars of medicine that I, that I kind of use as a framework with my clients. And so when women take this, they kind of get a sort of a deeper, um, uh, a deeper sense of what they need at that moment. Right. Cause we're all, there's so many, there's so much we can do, right. There's so many different things that we can do for ourselves. And so I created a tool to help give women focus. Like this is what, this is what your body is calling for right now. So that's a great tool. And then at the retreat, you get to use that information to kind of go deeper into that medicine that your body is, is calling. So we're going to be doing transformational teachings and, um, letting go of what's like holding you back, you know, really having an experience of like, what is holding you back from reuniting with your body and unlocking your radiance, essentially. How, how, how much more are they going to have to really go into some of the core childhood stuff um, in, in this, in this three night retreat, how deep does it go? Do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, it's not, um, we're not going like super deep down these rabbit holes necessarily in the, in the three days, but there's something is going to surface and it's different mm-hmm. for everybody, right? Everybody's going to come and have a somewhat different experience based on what they're ready to let go of and with the transformation that they're, they're there to have. So it's hard to know, right? It's hard to know what that experience is going to be like for each, each person. Um, I, I can't say we go too deep down, you know, that's more of type of work I do one-on-one with clients. Great, great to know. Yeah. So yeah. then you also work the one-on-one. I see that would work for me, what mm-hmm. you just described. That's beautiful. Um, and so you get to have this experience and there's, so it's going to include pleasure and it's going to include um, identifying desire, I'm thinking. Yeah, it'll, it'll, depending on, um, so the, the retreat will kind of, the retreat will be created based on the women that join, honestly. I mean, this is, there's, yep, there's going to be a framework, but depending on who comes into the retreat and the energy that is there and what's needed, the retreat will fulfill that. So everyone's going to come in with their, their sort of focus of what they need, whether it's uh, pleasure medicine or nourishment medicine or restoration medicine, and it'll be more customized to them, uh, to, to the, to the women that, that are there. Right. So I'm thinking those might be three of the pillars. I think you said there was five. Yeah. Tell so us what the pillars were. I know we're, we only have a few more minutes, but tell us what those pillars of the medicine are. I love that. Absolutely. So there's desire medicine, there's restoration medicine, there's nourishment medicine, there's, um, uh, attunement medicine, which is a big one. And then there's pleasure medicine. So those are the, that's, that's kind of the, um, say it's like the framework that I use to, you know, 
that we all, I think all of us have need a little bit of all of that. And some of us need more of some, and some of us need more of others, depending on our, on where we are. I think it's also nice. Like what you said is to help us focus. Cause I think a lot of what we deal with in this world is overwhelm. So to, mm-hmm. to go through and be able to relate primarily to one of those medicines and give ourselves that, I think that would be really beautiful. Thank you. Wow. Um, Jill, thanks for all of this. What's, what's your sense right now of where you'd love, what you'd love to be experiencing in your own life, say six months from now, what, what would you like to be experiencing? Mm, what a great question. Um, you know, with this, with, uh, my website, which is fairly new and, and, uh, the offerings, these new offerings that I'm creating, I'm, I'm excited about creating, um, sort of momentum with, uh, offering more in-person experiences. You know, I really feel like we're craving that, you know, I think women are craving that, especially after being in isolation for so long, um, being in like-hearted community with other women who are on the, the journey. I mean, that really gets me excited to, to do that. Um, so my intention is to be offering these, these in-person experiences on a fairly regular basis. Um, so that's really what I'm excited about. Wow. Well, thank you so much. Um, I want to keep exploring your work. I think it's very beautiful. Anything that brings me more into the body has to do with all of these qualities of nourishment, attunement, desire, all of this. Thank you, Jill. I look forward to staying in touch. Thank you so much, Julie. I really appreciate it. Well, that's today's podcast of Creative at the Wheel. Before we go, I want to invite you to check out my Creativity and Spirit Online Retreats. Experience for yourself the breakthroughs and support available when you engage your creative self in a safe and playful community. Begin here if you are ready to ignite your own transformational journey in a joyful way. You can also learn more about my one-on-one coaching offerings on my website, paintbiglivebig.com.